Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this fourth Friday after Epiphany, the 2nd of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Purification of Mary and the Presentation of Our Lord. Thirty-two days after Jesus was circumcised, he comes to the temple to fulfill the requirements of the Torah. In offering the alternative sacrifice, two turtle doves or two pigeons instead of a lamb, Joseph and Mary reveal their humble circumstances. In his Nunc Dimittis, Shimeon announces the inauguration of God's consolation and redemption in and through Christ, and also prophesies concerning the destiny of Jesus. Our readings for today are Psalm 75, Psalm 104, Zechariah starting with chapter 12, verse 1, and reading through chapter 13, verse 9, Titus starting with chapter 1, verse 1, and reading through chapter 2, verse 6, and paragraphs 1 through 7 of the preface to the Small Called Articles. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 75th Psalm. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters and all its inhabitants, it is I who keep steady its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high, or speak with haughty neck. For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness comes lifting up. But it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, with foaming wine well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be lifted up. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 104th Psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He set the earth on its foundations, so that it should never be moved. He covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock, 
and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness, and it is night, when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away, and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work, and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, and Leviathan, which you form to play in it. These all look to you, to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die, and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Zechariah, and we will be reading from verse 1 of the 12th chapter through verse 9 of the 13th chapter. The Oracle of the Word of the Lord Concerning Israel Thus declares the Lord, who stretched out the heavens, and founded the earth, and formed the spirit of man within him. Behold, I am about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all the surrounding peoples, the siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. On that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with panic, and its rider with madness. But for the sake of the house of Judah, I will keep my eyes open, when I strike every horse of the peoples with blindness." Then the clans of Judah shall say to themselves, The inhabitants of Jerusalem have strength through the Lord of hosts their God. On that day I will make the clans of Judah like a blazing pot in the midst of wood, like a flaming torch among sheaves, and they shall devour to the right and to the left all the surrounding peoples, while Jerusalem shall again be inhabited in its place in Jerusalem. And the Lord will give salvation to the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem may not surpass that of Judah. On that day the Lord will protect the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the feeblest among them on that day shall be like David, 
and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord, going before them. And on that day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that, when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him, as one weeps over a firstborn. On that day the mourning in Jerusalem will be as great as the mourning for Hadad-Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. The land shall mourn, each family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Nathan by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the house of Levi by itself, and their wives by themselves, the family of the Shemites by itself, and their wives by themselves, and all the families that are left, each by itself, and their wives by themselves. On that day there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. And on that day declares the Lord of hosts, I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, so that they shall be remembered no more. And also I will remove from the land the prophets and the spirit of uncleanness. And if anyone again prophesies, his father and mother who bore him will say to him, You shall not live, for you speak lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who bore him shall pierce him through when he prophesies. On that day, every prophet will be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies. He will not put on a hairy cloak in order to deceive, but he will say, I am no prophet, I am a worker of the soil, for a man sold me in my youth. And if one asks him, What are these wounds on your back? He will say, The wounds I received in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. I will turn my hand against the little ones. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds shall be cut off and perish, and one-third shall be left alive. And I will put this third into the fire, and refine them as one refines silver, and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name, and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people, and they will say, The Lord is my God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Titus, and we will be reading from verse 1 of the first chapter through verse 6 of the second chapter. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began, and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order, and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers, and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant, or quick-tempered, or a drunkard, or violent, or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, 
holy and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Small Cult Articles, and we will be reading the preface, paragraphs 1 through 7. The Small Cult Articles, preface of Dr. Martin Luther. Pope Paul III called a council last year that was supposed to assemble at Mantua, around Pentecost. Later, he moved it from Mantua. Now no one knows where he will or can hold it. On our side, we expect either to be summoned to the council or to just be condemned without being summoned. I was told to set forth and pull together the articles of our doctrine. In the deliberations at the council, we could then be clear about what we would be willing and able to concede to the papists, and what points we intended to persist with and stand for to the end. So I have compiled these articles and presented them to our side, which has unanimously accepted and confessed them. We have resolved to present these publicly to set forth the confession of our faith, Perhaps the Pope, with his supporters, would be so bold as to hold a truly free Christian council, seriously and in good faith, as is his duty, without lying and cheating. The Roman court, though, is terribly afraid of a free Christian council. They are ashamed to be exposed to the light. The Roman court has dashed the hope, even of those who are on their side, that they will ever permit a free council, much less hold one themselves. Many on the Pope's side are greatly offended and rightly troubled at this negligence, for they realize that the Pope would rather see all Christendom perish and all souls damned than allow either himself or his followers to be reformed, even a little, or to have their tyranny be limited. Yet I have decided to publish these articles in plain print, in case I should die before there would be a council, as I fully expect and hope. For those scoundrels who run away from the light and avoid the day, are taking pains to delay and prevent the council. If I do die, those who are alive and those who come after me will have my testimony in confession, in addition to the one I have issued previously. 
I have remained in this confession up to now, and by God's grace I will remain in it. What should I say? Why should I complain? I am still alive, writing, preaching, and lecturing daily. Yet poisonous people, not only adversaries, but also false brothers who profess to be on our side, dare to cite my writings and doctrine directly against me. They let me look on and listen, even though they know very well that I teach differently from what they say. They want to dress up their poison with my labor. Under my name, they want to mislead the poor people. What will happen, dear God, when I am dead? I should reply to everything while I am still alive. Then again, how can I stop all the mouths of the devil by myself, especially of those so poisoned that they will not listen or pay attention to what we write? Instead, with all diligence, they only busy themselves with how they can most shamefully twist and pervert every letter of our words. These I let the devil answer, or ultimately God's wrath, as they deserve. I often think of the good Gerson, who doubts whether anything good should be written for the public and published. If it is not published, many souls are neglected who could be freed. But if it is published, the devil is there with malignant, deceitful tongues, without number, that poison and pervert everything, so that the usefulness of the writings is prevented. Yet what they gain by doing this is obvious. Even though they have lied so shamefully against us, and by their lies tried to get the people on their side, God has constantly advanced His work. He has been making their following ever smaller and ours greater. He has caused them to be shamed with their lies and still causes this. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or tasks set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.